Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Jody Mullen. Welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. This series of podcasts is dedicated to helping parents and other people who are connected with children help children behave and be their best. Um, I'm in a unique position to share this with you because I've been a child counselor and play therapist for nearly 20 years. I'm also a mom. Uh, I learned many of the lessons from my, my child clients and my own children, and then I coupled these lessons with my knowledge base as a mental health counselor, and it has informed my parenting as well as the parent coaching that I do and the parents of the children that I see as part of my clinical practice. I recognize in working with children and parents, thousands of them over the last um, 20 years, um, that that that's um, where those lessons come from. So, so these are simple principles for parenting. They might even sound like really easy um, when we're talking about them, but a couple of things that you need to know about them. They sound simple, but to actually put them into practice um, takes practice. So you have to continuously do them, and that there are 20 of them. So today we're only going to be talking about one of them, um, but there are 20 all together, and it's it's the mixing of this 20 that really um, has the impact on your parenting. So these 20 principles for blissful parenting are simple and life-altering. They will change your relationships with children. They will change how your children behave, and they will change how you feel about yourself just in general around children, and they're your parenting self-esteem. Uh, in this show, we're going to talk about the principles and, uh, principles and how to apply them. I'm going to have guests that will further our conversations about parenting and children. You'll want to stay tuned for my upcoming book, Blissful Parenting, and check out my website, www.integrativecounseling.us, or follow me on Twitter at Dr. Jody Mullen. For today's show, I'm joined by my friend, sidekick, mental health counselor, play therapist, mom, and grandma, June Rickley. We're going to be addressing um, the blissful parenting principle of let me try. So welcome, June. Hi. Thank and, you. <laughs> hi. So when we're talking about uh, let me try, this is a real big one. June and I were just discussing um, before we came on air here um, all the things that let me try um, all the ways, let me try, impacts children. And I'm just going to, I don't know that we'll get through all of these things today on this particular podcast, but um, we made a list. And <laughs> this is what trying allows children to do. It allows them to experience frustration. And that might not sound like a very good thing, but we're going to tell you why it's actually an excellent thing. Um, it allows them to problem solve, to develop coping skills, to feel a sense of pride, to gain self-esteem, learn when they need help, learn how to ask for help, and learn how to set goals. All that comes from, from trying. So that's going to be the focus of our show today. That's the principle, um, the blissful parenting principle we're going to focus on. And I wanted to start off with a quote that I found that I just love that I think really captures why Let Me Try is such a powerful um, blissful parenting principle. So the quote goes like this. Don't handicap your children by making their lives easy. And that's from Robert Heinlein. So that's where we're going to start today. And I, I think that um, what, what is important for you to know when we're talking about let me try is things that you probably already know because you've experienced them yourself. I'm going to start with a very simple example. And I, I think it might even be a universal example. So 
think about the time when you could not get the jar cap off. So you're trying to open that jar of spaghetti sauce or of applesauce or something like salsa, and you cannot get the cap off the jar. And somebody who's trying to be helpful, who loves you, who's supporting you, um, reaches in, grabs the jar, and says, let me do it, and they get the cap off. Well, isn't there a sense of kind of let down or even maybe a little twinge of anger and frustration that comes when that happens? That's because in that moment, you were deprived of feeling the success of getting that cap open yourself. You were deprived of working through the frustrations. You are also deprived of what comes with the other side of that, which is pride. So when you get that jar cap off and you want to almost like high-five yourself, you didn't get that opportunity. So that's, so we all know what that feels like as adults. Children experience that all the time. And we're going to talk about um, the different ways that we need to let children try. And part of the reasons why we don't um, as parents, um, June and I, um, included um, some of the reasons that as parents we, we get anxious about letting our children try. So that's where we're headed. Um, June, you know, one of the things we were talking about right before we went on air was um, trying out for sports teams and that kind of thing. Would you like to start there? Okay, sure. Um, and and I, I want to preface this also by, I said this in the first show, but I want to say it again that um, I do this I do this work, and I'm a, a mental health professional, and and um, but I'm also a parent and a grandparent, and I I've made my own. Um, I'm not a. I wasn't a perfect parent. I still continue to not be a perfect parent, and made plenty of my own parenting mistakes, and um, and I think that's actually why I I work so well with parents um, today because they I'm I'm pretty upfront about that that my goal is to help them and and. Um, from my own mistakes, I can help them. So I, you know, and I think Jody and I were talking about um, when my when my own kids were young, and my one son in particular, and and even just the thought of trying out for a sports team, and um, seeing him not make a sports team, and and watching that sadness and that feeling of def- you know that he was defeated and feeling so bad about himself and it's really hard as a parent to watch your child going through that but i also remember seeing him the next day back in the front yard with his baseball and his pitch back and and practicing again so so maybe possibly the next time tryouts came um he could you know he would he would be accepted on the team. So it it it's it's hard to watch, but then seeing how that can um, how that experience helped him to develop certain parts of himself um, is really is really cool. Uh, as you know, as you're saying that and thinking about in our roles as child counselors, how that happens, how we how the, how I actually learned this lesson from children about how important it is. Um, for for us to let them try. And um, I, I just want to say that any time June and I give um, examples from our clinical work, we've already changed all the identifying information. So you're getting um, sort of a blend. Of, you're not getting the actual um, story, but something um, close enough to it that it's, we're still able to make our point. So I, I remember working with this very little child in play therapy. Um, had to be, she had to be like, maybe two and a half years old, and um, 
unfortunately, like so many of the children that we see, um, the reason why, because you might be thinking, why would a two-and-a-half-year-old need counseling? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, she had been, um, you know, sexually abused. So um, one of the things that I remember happened in our first session is she couldn't, um, she couldn't turn a knob on the kitchen set that we have in the uh, therapeutic playroom, and she was trying. And we learned this lesson also from the way that play therapy works, so not only from kids but just the tenets of um, child-centered play therapy. So um, what we learn as play therapists is to not rush in and help, to wait for a child to ask for your help. So it's you know, I could see her frustration, and I'm feeling kind of anxious because I just want to show her it was it was just this easy adjustment she had to make, and then she could do it. Um, but I didn't, and um, it took her. She worked on it for 15 minutes trying to get this knob to turn, and then she finally got it to turn, and her face that was full of determination and frustration just lit up <laughs> like mm-hmm. sunshine. There's nothing like that. <laughs> I know, it was so cool. And she said, I'm so excited, <laughs> like that. And it was this really amazing, amazing moment because not only was she excited, she, and, and a, you know, two and a half maybe doesn't have the vocabulary to express this, but it was very clear what she was communicating with her body and her facial expressions that she felt so excited, but she also felt proud. And she also learned in that moment, I mean, think about what an important life lesson is in that moment that happened, that if I stick with something that I can't do at first, if I stick with it and I try hard, that I actually might um, feel successful. You know, so that is what a prize that we can give to our children starting when they're young. But even if you have older children, this doesn't mean you can't do this, that it's too late, is that let them have the opportunity to try. And, you know, like June um, said a few moments ago, many times when we're not giving children the opportunity to try, it doesn't have to do with the child as much as it has to do with us. So June's saying, you know, you're worried about the letdown that might come um, and, and seeing what it would be like for you to see your child be disappointed, that that's really hard, right, and trying out for sports and plays and things like that. But sure. the cost yeah, but the cost of not letting them try is way is way worse. And so in you know, I'm thinking of little children and remembering back when my kids were um younger, my son is almost nine and my daughter is uh, twelve. Um but when they were toddlers especially, like everything took them so long. And I um you might even be able to tell by my show <laughs> I don't go slowly, so um, so it was so hard for me to be patient. So rather, you know, than let them try sometimes to get them their jackets on themselves or zip it up themselves, I would just do it. Come on, we gotta go, you know. Um, rather than let them try and do that, so it's a really common mistake that we make as parents. But then, you know, what happens if we don't let them try is that they don't feel like they can try, and that's way worse. So, June, did you have uh, any comments on – I just went on a long ramble. Do you have any comments (laughs) on that? No, you know, I think what you were saying about that small child, it never, um, you know, it it never gets old to see that look because it's happened 
um, you know, numerous times, um, in, you know, in my role as a play therapist, that I see that child experiencing that. And, and like Jody said, it's, you're like, oh, I just want to help so bad. But but watching them actually do it and that look that they give you when they mm-hmm. do succeed is amazing. It, it's you just never forget it, and it's it's just um, you know it's so empowering for them, and it's it's remembering that when a child is experiencing those things, the upset, the frustration, whatever it is, they're in a perfect position where then they can where they can learn the coping skills, and so not allowing them to feel that means that they can't develop those things that they're going to need in their life. Yeah, I, I, just as you were saying that, um, I was thinking, going back to what I said a few minutes ago about the importance of experience, experiencing frustration and how that might not sound like <laughs> like something you want your kids to do, but you do want them to experience frustration because if they don't experience frustration, then they don't know how to cope with or manage frustration. And what you then see is that they get to, you know, they freak out. And so they can't get... Mm-hmm. You know, they're le- they're, yeah, they can't get their Legos apart or they can't get their um, sock on and they throw a tantrum or they, you know, they freak out in some other way. And that's because they haven't had enough experience with frustration to learn how to um, cope with and manage frustration and, and develop, you know, co- coping skills in general. Also, what they don't learn, what we deprive them of if we don't give them the opportunity to try, is learning how to problem solve. Okay, so I can't, you know, I can't get the sock on. Now what? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. maybe I don't even need to wear a sock, you know. Um, but um, they, don't, they don't learn that. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I noticed about the older kids, um, you know, Sometimes we call them tweens, you know, the 10 to 12-year-olds and the young teenagers that I work with is that because they haven't had that, they also don't know how to ask for help. So when they need help, they're not sure how to ask for it because um, help always just came in before they asked for it. And um, so they don't know how to ask for help. And in some ways, they don't even know that they need help. And, I, I mean, I can think of many, actually many of the um, teenagers and, and tweens that I work with who that's part of what we're figuring out. What I'm figuring out um, with them is when they need help and how to ask for it. Um, so it, th- this has a huge impact on us, you know, developmentally. So if we can sort of foster this let-me-try philosophy and um, engage in this principle when our children are young, um, think of all the ways that that sort of um, ripples out into adolescence and even adulthood. Exactly, and, I, and and even when you when when you think about like successes and failures, it, it's important for like us as parents to actually be role models for that, to allow children, to allow our children to see us succeeding, but also. Like not having all successes and 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 being a role model to them to of how we um, use our own coping skills when we experience those things. Yeah, and it, it, this one's going to factor. This let me try um, principle, parenting principle factors really nicely into one that we'll talk about um, in the future, which is um, let you know, let me make mistakes. <laughs> let you know, let me know it's okay to make mistakes and show me that you know, show me that. 
um, because you, in, le- in letting somebody try, they also learn to know, and this is, this is becoming increasingly important. I hear a lot of um, parents and educators um, talk about this, that many of the children today, even um, college age, um, traditional college age students, are showing a huge sense of entitlement. And in fact, there's been some, you know, research in like uh, the work world about how human resources folks are being trained to work with this, you know, this sort of generation yeah. of, uh, of really entitled folks. And and so one of the ways you prevent your child from being, you know, walking into the world with a sense of entitlement that blocks them from success is having the giving them opportunities to try and not succeed at things. And, at least, you know, this way, um, some of the things that they do succeed at, they know they got from themselves and not just because their parents, um, you know, rushed in and helped or provided it, you know, for them. So it, it allows for, you know, so many life um, skills are connected to this let-me-try um, blissful parenting principle. Exactly. And if, you know, and, and if, if, Children are shielded all the time from any of these um, difficult feelings. They get the message that they they should never feel anything unpleasant, and it should only be good things and and positive things. And and I think that can lead to the the sense of entitlement type of thing. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I I think that um, this one of the things that makes one of the aspects of this principle that makes it like my favorite is because it's not really intuitive um, in that there's so, like, in talking to parents over the last, you know, 20 years or so as a clinician, um, but also, you know, many of my friends and colleagues and, you know, um, acquaintances are our parents, is that we work so hard to, do, to have our children not experience those kind of negative emotions like frustration and anger and and you know, and having failures. And so we, we don't want them to do that because we ourselves know how bad that feels. So mm-hmm. I think that's the intuitive piece for parents. Um, and even, I would say even teachers, you know, I, I watched some really interesting grading happen over the years about how to make, you know, students kind of just feel good and so that they don't feel like failures. But that's, that, that's a false sense of the way that the world works. And I think you know, um, as adults, we should think about some of the, you know, disappointments that we've had and some of the places where we feel like uh, we let ourselves down or we let somebody else down and then think of what what lesson um, from life we learned about that. You know, like, okay, I couldn't do that. I, I have a, I have a, a trying example myself, since um, a personal one that I'll share. Um, since I'm 13 years old, I have been trying to run. And my, my dad was a runner, and I thought, and I was the slowest person on my soccer team, so I thought I should probably do more running because I don't like being the slowest person on my soccer team. So, um, so I would go out, you know, um, a couple of times for about a month, and I could not make it more than twice around my block. And three times around my block was a mile, but I couldn't quite make it a mile. And I tried every year, every year. And then um, in my 20s, I didn't try at all. Um, probably it took a good 10 years, maybe 15 years off. And then um, when I was in my uh, mid-30s, I started, I wanted to run. I, I wanted to do it. And so even though I had, you know, all those 
um, experiences with that, I couldn't do it. Nobody else could run the mile for me, you know? So so the only mm-hmm. thing I could do was to stick with it. And when I first started doing it, again, I, I was in my mid to late 30s, I would run, um, I would run walk a mile, and then every time I went out, I would add a mailbox or a tree or a telephone pole past that mile. And um, less than a year later, I ran a marathon, you know, and so it was It was that I had to try, I had to have times where I felt dizzy. I had to have times where I was so achy that I could barely walk the next day. I had to have times where I hated running. I had to have all those experiences in order to get to the goal. And so the let me try principle allows for those opportunities too. And then crossing that finish line at that marathon, the lesson that I learned from that is I can do anything. And that, mm-hmm. that's priceless. And so that exactly. happened for me, you know, in my 30s, that can happen um, for your kids as they grow up. Exactly. And I, and I think you brought, another thing that you brought up, which is really important, is acknowledging the effort and not necessarily, um, uh, with children, not necessarily the end result. So to, to kind of like um, acknowledge and and, pray, and now as parents, you're, of course, you're going to praise um, praise your children. But to be able to, to acknowledge what goes into that and how, it, how that, acknowledging that builds their esteem from within. They're proud of themselves and, and, and they, um, they have that with them all the time. So they don't, if they have that within them, um, they don't need to find external sources to feel good about themselves. So acknowledging yeah. how they got, how, how they're going about it. You know, you tried really hard. You're putting a lot of time into that. Everything, everything they're doing to, to, to get to where they want to get. I hope I explained yeah. that. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think you like totally got that. You know, um, and, and that makes me think about you know how it just incredibly important that is. Is that that you know that whole way of that what that acknowledging their effort, acknowledging that you you notice. You know, you don't just want to say to your kid in the, uh, you know, basketball game where they were the leading scorer, you don't want to just, you know, go crazy over them in that game. You want to go crazy over them in the game that they went out there, even though they didn't want to go out there. (laughs) Or when they went out there, yeah, and they made some great passes, even though they didn't, you know, they maybe missed all their shots. You know, that's what you want to do. And I think, you know, one of the amazing benefits of this, too, is that you don't then have to, teach your child self-esteem. You don't have to teach your child um, problem-solving skills. You don't have to teach them coping skills because they've gained all that from having these opportunities. In fact, you don't even have to teach them to set goals because this is such a powerful um, parenting principle. Um, you know, one of the ways that I've, I've seen, um, you know, and for the most part, we I've been able to do this with my kids, but there are definitely times where I do not let them try. So I want to be really clear in saying that. But, um, you know, I, I've watched, like, my daughter in particular set goals for herself that are based, you know, right on this principle. She learns how to set goals because she knows that she, that she might be able to do it so then she does, takes these action steps to make sure she can do it. And in those action steps, the things that she does to, to reach that goal, there are going to be times where it doesn't work, you know, doesn't work out exactly 
you know, the way you wanted to. And I was just thinking, too, as I'm mentioning my daughter, she loves to cook, and she makes the most unbelievable vegan cupcakes. <laughs> so I, I, just a shout-out to her on that. But, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes they don't come out right. You know, um, that's the thing with baking. You can be off, you know, a teeny bit in a measurement, or the oven can be off, you know, a couple degrees in temperature, and it does not come out right. And um, so there's the try. She tries to make a new kind of, you know, cupcake or something like that, and it doesn't come out right. And she, you know, gets upset. It's disappointing. She put a lot of time and effort, even to a degree, research into making these cupcakes, and then, you know, it didn't work. And so, um, you know, so she has to then what happens is she goes back and has to figure out what went wrong here and, you know, and do it again. And, and will she do it again the next day? Sometimes no, because she's so frustrated she doesn't want to. Um, but sometimes she will. She'll say, okay, that that didn't work. Uh, and so the cool thing is also there's, um, which isn't wasn't on our original list, is it in some ways allows kids not to sweat the small stuff. Okay, so a batch of cupcakes didn't come out, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I, I this might be a little off the subject, but I, I, when you were talking about your um, marathon, and, and I just remember, um, I remember one of your training runs that you had told me about, and I think it was a 20-mile training run, and I remember you um, you saying, like, you started out and you didn't have anyone to do it with you that day. And I mm-hmm. think you got like mile eighteen or something like that, and you said like you you were near home and you quick ran in the house and you and you said I need help for the last two miles, and and yeah. your kids, um, your kids and your husband, um, kind of followed you in either yeah. on the bike or in the car or something like that. And I thought, you know, what we were just talking about, how great that was for the kids to be able to see, like, first of all, okay, I'm trying. I'm really, really trying. Okay, this is the point where I need to ask for a little help, but then, mm-hmm. but I'm still I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly what happened. You remember my story well, June. That's why you're such a high But, you know, I, so, so, you know, part of um, all of these principles, if we, you know, start wrapping them up and what are some of the themes about them, are not only did they all come from, you know, children and and our experiences and knowledge um, of ch- um, children in childhood, but they also all really are applicable to our relationship regardless. So even though um, if you do this with your children, part of the reason they'll become freakishly well-behaved is because they'll know how to deal with their frustration. They'll know how to cope. They'll know how to problem-solve. They'll know how to feel a sense of pride, gain self-esteem, learn um, when they need help and how to ask for it and to set goals. They'll get all that, but we could do that for lots of people in our lives. Um, if we did that for our partner, if we did that for our parents, you know, just giving um, people in our lives opportunity to try, um, re- like, does all of these things for them. And so sometimes it feels like you want to save people from disappointment and frustration, even, you know, other adults, like I'm saying, but really um, that, that's just temporary. You know, that's just this temporary um, symptom of trying, but... Um, and another thing is, like, even though I, I'm really, I, I think the proper title for this principle is let me try, one of the things that 
um, is just, you know, it's just changing a word. But when my kids are are trying, or even I do this with my students, uh, my graduate students all the time too, when they tell me they're going to try, I change the word to practice. So my daughter will say, I'm going to try um, playing this particular song on the piano. No, you're going to practice playing that particular song on the piano. And that's because if we practice, we, it, it's just, our mindset is um, I'm doing something to get better, to achieve a goal. And if we try, our mindset is I could succeed or I could fail. There's only really, you know, two choices. So just another little tip. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a little tip there is to use the word practice um, when you're referring to um, people trying rather than the word um, try. It just makes a little bit of a mindset difference. Um, I cannot believe our time is almost up, June, but it is. Wow. So I that know. went fast. It did go fast. Is there anything <laughs> else that, you know, that you would like to say quick before we say goodbye for um, this particular topic? Um, just that sometimes we may make things sound easy, but then it, it is difficult. This is a really tough one to watch your child experience these things, but um, it will, um, they need that to grow and to develop. Yeah. Yeah, this is about growing. Yeah, this is definitely about growing. And so if you if you think about I know that sometimes you're just gonna have to look away, right? These are some helpful <laughs> that you're as you're practicing this principle, look away, sit on your hands, yeah. um go into another yeah. room. You know, do something um so that you won't do something, so that you don't rush in and help. Let them figure it out. They can and when they learn that they can they'll want to do more. So this is like such an incredibly important principle. We'll probably talk about it again um, at another point. So thank you all. Um, thank you, June. Thank you, everybody, You're for welcome. listening. And um, have a great day. <laughs>